morning folks welcome to cancel this show cancel make sure you guys check us out on the website cancel i am tabitha hassel i'm filling in for mr vic faust today who is out for the day we will not tell where he is, it is it's a big secret it, it is don't tell anybody tab don't of, tell a soul <laughs> and of course lizzie sparks joining me in the studio she can be doing a little bit more talking uh than commenting probably today pro joe in the studio chase intern chase in the studio eric johnson out with syphilis this week but he'll be back <laughs> yes he does have syphilis you weren't supposed to let that get out <laughs> actually eric johnson of course is at the rock and roll hall of fame yes i believe it's his second time at the rock and roll hall that's of what fame. i heard yeah that's really funny. i mean how many how often is it that one person twice in a lifetime ends up at the rock and roll hall of fame able to play in front of an audience. Exactly. Isn't that wild? It's, of course it would be Eric. You know of that, Of course right? it would be Eric. But you know what I'm more excited about than any of that? He's going to be where the whole group of cancelists can go see him if they're St. Louis bound this Saturday. I've heard that. Can you give us some details? Yes. It, it's seven o'clock in Cottleville, which is a suburb of St. Louis. He is going to be there playing um, a G-rated. So any of you that really wanted some really risque stuff, you're not going to see that. But he's going to be at Frankie Toko's in Cottleville at seven. And I already heard quite a few cancel this people are going to show up. So good. I yeah. am very glad to hear that. It's going to be fun. That'll be fun. I'm going to be out of town. Otherwise, I would happy, be very happy to be there and see her. Yes. I, I mean, how many times you get to see a rock and roll? Hall of Fame legend. Yes, that's. I'm going there for sure. I wouldn't have gone just because I went to high school with him, but now that he's a legend, I'm going to show up. Perfect. All right. Well, we got lots to talk about today without our our boss, Vic, in the studio. So we're going to talk. We're going to first of all, we're going to be joined by Steve King from Metro Shooting Supplies. He's going to be in at eight thirty. He's probably going to join us about a good probably thirty to forty five minutes. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the U.S. being dumbed down. You guys, this is, I mean, is anyone surprised that we're stupid here in America? No. I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised. I think most people know we're stupid, right? Yes. They know mm -hmm. we're stupid. They know we're stupid. Uh, but, you know, we're starting to wake up. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Titan. You know, I know that's been a big topic lately, the Titan. Everyone's talking about it. But I want to change direction a little bit. You know, for one, you know, today they reached that pivotal point where they're 96 hours of oxygen, you know, their oxygen is out. Uh, it's a tiny little compartment. We're gonna show some photos and video of what it looks like inside the compartment. But more than anything, have you seen all the conspiracy theory surrounding the Titan? Yes, a lot of it. it a lot of conspiracy theory. And, and not only the conspiracy theory, but have you seen all the memes? Yes. I'm, I wanna talk about, is it easier to make memes and to make fun of something because the the folks inside of it are wealthy, ultra wealthy. Is that why we're seeing so many? Do we have less empathy for people because they're ultra wealthy? And outside of that, we're going to be talking about the Sound of Freedom movie. I know a lot of us have been looking forward to seeing that for quite some time now. We're going to be checking that out, looking at the trailer, talking about a little bit about that movie and how you can see it, how you can get free tickets. Uh, we're going to be covering a lot of things today, but we're also going to be covering affirmative action. The Supreme Court is getting ready to rule 
on affirmative action. And we are going to talk about, are they going to continue diversity within colleges and universities? Or are they going to go back to the old standard, what, 30, 40 years ago, when before affirmative action came into place, when we had applications and no one knew what race or ethnicity someone is? So are we going to go back and reverse affirmative action? Do we need affirmative action? So those are some of the things we're going to talk about. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsors, and we will be right back. Carroll House is the Carroll House Carroll House is the largest selection of solid wood with the hottest new styles, real furniture that's built to last, like our solid bedrooms, living rooms and dining from Kincaid. Our volume enables us to save you a lot of money, especially during our solid wood sale, plus get free financing, fast free delivery and free in-home design. So for solid wood, sweet styles and solid service since 1964, Shop over three football fields of furniture at Carroll House because you like nice things. Hey guys, this is Dr. Mahesh Bagwe. I'm an orthopedic surgeon here in St. Louis for over the last 20 years. I went to Washington University. I got my medical degree at St. Louis University. From local high school athletes, college athletes, weekend warriors, injured workers, and even Cardinal baseball players, I've treated them all. Our practice strives to personalize care with every new patient being seen by me. To find me, contact my staff at drbagwe.com. That's D-R-B-A-G-W-E.com. Hopefully you don't need me, but if you do, you can find me now. Jonathan, what does make Rockwood so special? Rockwood, we carbonize it higher than anybody else does. So we're cooking out everything that produces ash, smoke, anything like that. Uh, it gives you a lot more control over the temperature, a lot more control over the fire, and it's a 100% Missouri product. All right, where can people get it? It's at 100 plus locations around St. Louis, any Deerberg, Straub's, uh, meat markets, wine and cheese stores, hardware stores, you name it, we're around St. Louis. Just check the website. And good charcoal should be able to break apart your hands like absolutely, yeah. Right? If, if you can't break it apart by hand, it's not charcoal yet. It's still wood. They didn't do the job, so make sure it can break apart by hand. All right, get your rockwood charcoal, Marco. Wait. What? No response? Hi, I'm Curtis Barks with Complete Auto Body and Repair, offering full service and auto repair to St. Louis and St. Charles. We are looking for someone to say polo. That's right. We are hiring. We want you now. If you would like to work in a well-paying environment, then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six Complete Auto Body and Repair locations. Will you help me find that missing person? Please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE. That's right. 636-488-4473. Dad and service. Oh yeah, and service. Attention, anyone who served, lived, or worked at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987. Camp Lejeune's drinking water was dangerously toxic, and base personnel and their families have since suffered cancer and other illnesses. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and were diagnosed with cancer, you may be eligible for significant compensation. Call the Driscoll firm now. Consultations are free, and you won't pay a fee unless we get you the money you deserve. 1-800-805-4800. Good morning, Patriots. Welcome back to it. 
And I almost said it. Welcome back to Cancel <laughs> This Show, cancelthisshow.com. You know what? Your homework today is to share the show. Yes. If you share. like the show, share the show. Because you know what? We need to spread the truth faster than they spread the lies, don't we? Yes, we do. Share the show. And if you have some extra time and you want to be extra vigilant, go to canceltheshow.com. And from there, you will want to go and check out all of our platforms. From each of those platforms, you can like, subscribe to each individual platform. And guess what that does, Lizzie? That gives us better ratings. It boosts us a little bit higher. So make sure you guys do that. Anyway, I haven't been here for a couple of days. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job. I mean, you probably haven't been talking, talking, talking. Like I don't even know do. where I'm at. You don't you know tell? where you're at? No. It's just one of those weeks. Yeah, I, I would be glad for Vic to be back. Yeah. I prefer to, to have the more relaxed role. Right. He's got a tough yelling, role. screaming, and commenting. Yeah. yeah. I when it needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> I like that role, too. So, so much to talk about today. We have Steve King again coming in, 830. Steve is, I can't wait to talk to Steve King. Me, too. Because you know what? He's the king of guns, isn't he? Yes, he is the of king weapons. of guns. And I'm so excited to talk to him. We're, we're going to be talking about the ban on gun braces which is so incredibly important. Less gun control, right? Yes. I mean, does gun control work? No. Don't you think it's too late? Yes. So we're going to be talking to Steve King about that. And, and, and I really can't wait. It's one of the topics that's so near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because most people who don't know me know that many years ago, I was 100% against guns. Yes. I didn't think anyone should have a gun in their home. I really didn't. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was dangerous. And, and I did a complete, complete complete switch around after 9-11. Yes. I, I don't know why it was. I was a 24-7 CNN watcher. Yeah, and that, a lot <laughs> and of then, people were, though. They and were. And then I woke up, and I was starting to wake up during the Gulf War, you know, and, yes. and through 9-11 and all of that. And, and now I realize we have to be our own sheriff, don't we? We do have to we be We have to sheriff. be yes. the own sheriff of our domain. Mm-hmm. Because if we, I, as much as I love police, I love law enforcement, it's not their fault. Correct. But we have to make sure that we protect ourselves our family and our home. And we have to do that in police and the response time. We have to be responsible. So I am all for every home having a weapon and I am 100% against more gun regulations. I'm with you, sister. I grew up the same way as you. I'm a daughter of a police officer. And back then, they used to say, don't have a gun in your home. And I remember the gun always sitting on the refrigerator. And we were told, never go there. But then over the years, that all changed when I realized, as great as our police are, the response time might be too long to help yourself. So we really have to help ourselves. We absolutely do. Anyway, I want to talk about the... You know, here we are in the United States of America, the land of the dummies, right? Yes. I hate to say that because we have a lot of very intelligent people in this this country. But at the same time, look at these test scores. Just recently, I just read this yesterday, the National Assessment of Educational Progress released their reports. 13-year-olds, 13-year-olds, through their academic testing, they have the lowest math score since 1990. That's so sad. Since 1990. Believable. The lowest reading scores since 2004. And and, and people want to say, well, that's because of COVID and we had schools. That's not why. That is absolutely not why. The reason why is because we don't stress education in this country. We don't. But you know what? We have people that come in 
from other countries, immigrants that come here, whether they're legal or illegal. And quite honestly, they they are more strict with their children. They don't allow them to play video games. They don't allow them typically to watch a bunch of television. These kids are so far ahead of American children, so far ahead. And it's scary to me because who who's going to run this country? Who are going to be our leaders? Correct. Someday. Correct. I mean, are, are, are we going to have anyone in this country who's capable of actually leading our country in technology? Or are we going to have to depend on foreigners to do that? That's what they want. That's what they want. It's all about socialism. Yes, it is. Because you know what? The dumber we are, it's definitely the dumbing down of America. The dumber we are, the more control they have, right? Yes. The dumber we are, the more control they have. Because you can't fight back if you don't know any better, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they rewrite history. And when you rewrite history, you don't learn what has happened to this country, what us people have already been through. Correct. And it really worries me because guess what? If people can't read... They, 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 have, they have no idea what happened in history, do they? They nope. have to rely on what people are telling them, don't they? They do. And it is amazing how many 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds cannot read, and they're almost illiterate. And I know years ago, I was an educator. And so when you said 1990, that really rang a bell. I was an educator during that period of time. And I remember when the Bushes came out with the No Child Left Behind, yes. and it completely changed our school districts. You used to be able to have children in reading groups, you know, somebody that could read a little faster, somebody that needed a little extra help. At that point, right around 1990, they put all the children in what they used to call whole grouped whole group basal series and they sat them all down and no one could get ahead and they, it was almost like they wanted them to get behind and I, they did that, want them to get behind they did and i didn't get that back then i was like why are you wanting that now i see it it's clear as a bell at the time i i was very angry about it well our system now it, it literally they want all kids to be graded on a curve based on the dumbest kids they do i mean that's not a joke and i'm not, not being a, a joke you're right saying that it is actually true it's now racist to have honor classes. Correct. I mean, Correct. Who, <laughs> I mean, how funny is that? Now, don't you think that we should have a different model where we're actually taking the smartest kids and having our learning curve start there? Yes. Because we know that's what kids are capable of. That's what kids are capable of. We have uh, some very intelligent children. Correct. And there are some very intelligent tr- children out there, very intelligent adults. But at the same time, what are we doing? Well, and Jay's saying on the chat line that his his daughter uh, tells him all the time about the kids in her class cussing at teachers and telling them no and nothing happens. And I know there's someone else on the chat line that I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say her name, but her daughter deals with the same thing even at a private Christian school that with the dumbing down also comes disrespect. It's it, all it parse is. and parcel. It is. You know, when I was, remember how things were probably when you were a kid. I know when I was in school, I was terrified of my teachers. Me too. I Me was too. absolutely terrified. Our principal was a former Green Beret. Oh, wow. And this was when I, I went to two years of high school in Chicago and two years here in St. Louis. And in Chicago, our you know, this guy terrified me. He mm-hmm. absolutely terrified me. If I did anything wrong, and I did a lot wrong, I was yeah. in the principal's <laughs> office pretty often. Do you think you did better because you were terrified as a child? I, absolutely so. Okay. 
The worst thing I ever did in school outside of skipping a couple classes, one time I there was somebody, you know how back how some schools have dividers? Yes, I remember it, that. Well, somebody kept sending these notes through the divider. They were really dirty notes. And I'd never <laughs> written a dirty note in my life. I, I still to this day have never. But some friends and I got together and we wrote this note that was really bad. And I remember in the, my friend tossed it underneath a thing. But of course, the teacher saw me grab it. And I got in trouble for that. And they had to bring my parents and my parents had to read this note that their poor little daughter and oh her friend gosh. wrote. That's, that's it was good the most, still to this day, probably the, the most embarrassing moment of my life and to see these teachers look at me. But back then, you know, we didn't know anything about the teachers. We didn't know their religion. Correct. We didn't know if they were married. We mm -hmm. had no idea what they did outside of school. And they were, it was intimidating, wasn't it? Very intimidating. I had a second grade teacher, very similar situation. I had done something wrong. Honestly, I can't even remember what it was. But when she came back in the classroom, her name was Mrs. Cromit. And one of the kids were overheard calling her, Mrs. Cromit is so ugly, she makes you want to vomit. Oh, and so <laughs> because of that, they thought it was me, probably Big Mouth Liz. So they thought it was me. I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. And she left the classroom. Could you imagine doing this today? She left the classroom. And I don't know how long it was maybe it was five minutes but it seemed like an eternity at the time and she said to me hey little miss know-it-all if you think you know everything and you're that cruel you can teach the class and I remember being terrified and standing there and the kids are running around and they're knocking stuff out and when she came back in the look she gave me that's all she had to do and so I was a little bit more quiet probably not a lot but yeah I was terrified of Mrs. Cromit well exactly like Bindi said there's no respect for authority that's gone None. now there is None. no respect for authority a lot of kids don't respect their parents they don't just you know I never even had to be swatted as a kid you know when my my stepfather had a booming voice and we had a willow tree out front and if he mentioned that he was going to go out and get a switch off that willow tree Ooh, that was all yeah it Ooh, took yeah. the sound of his booming voice mm -hmm. was enough for me. And, and kids these days, they don't even they don't care. They and don't. there's no emphasis on studying. They want to play video games. They want to watch television. Do you know now, from what I understand, it, homework is optional, and some schools don't even give homework at all. At all, no homework. When I None. was a kid, I would have to come home and carry. I know. I, I do not kid you. Two hundred pounds of books. To be honest with you, I don't believe in homework, though. You know what I mean? You have to leave kids now, Joe. Of, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're just kidding. Well, I'm just saying, like kids should be kids. Kids should some be point kids during the day. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be. I mean, I don't think kids should be overloaded down with homework. But I personally, and some teachers don't do support limits. homework. They don't what? Some teachers don't have limits. They'll, they'll and that's right. true too. That's true too. On. Yes. And I, and I understand that. You know, we, we don't want to overload the kids with a burden of work. But at the same time, we need our children to be intelligent. We need them to understand these topics. We need to go back. You know what we need to do? We need to go back to, to teaching kids how to balance a checkbook or balance their bank account these days, of course. We need to teach them how to count change. You know how many times I've... What's that? And tax, tax, taxes. Taxes yes, are important. For sure. How many times do you go somewhere and use actual cash money and these kids have no clue, sometimes adults, how to count? How to count. Back? They don't have any clue. My daughter works in an ice cream shop and we taught her to do that. And elderly people especially will come up and say, thank you, young lady. Most kids don't know how to do that. I know. It's so crazy. You know, it, it, there, there's so much in our education system we need to improve. It, but it starts in the home, doesn't it? Yes. It starts yes. in the home. You know, I remember when my son, you know, he's older, of course, he's an adult. But I remember whenever they started that whole stuff with, remember, no spanking? 
Yes. Put them in the corner, uh, timeouts. And, and I think that's when everything changed. And everybody gets a trophy. Everyone nobody gets a trophy. Loses, all of that. And it made parents terrified to even discipline their kids because they were afraid if they spanked them, then social services was going to come to their house. And that was a thing in the early 90s. I remember. Where well, you, and, you and, couldn't lay a hand on your kid. And just like some teachers don't have limits on giving out homework, some parents don't have uh, limits on giving out spankings. Well, so and I agree with you, That's Joe. what ruined that whole thing. That's exactly well, right. Yeah. I am still that's all exactly for right. I am still all for spanking. I really am. I, you know, thank God my son wasn't a bad kid, so I didn't really have to deal with that. But but I am all for spanking. But you're right, Joe. But those pa- parents that don't have the limits on spanking their kids, they're going to be abusive either way. You know, wi- with are. or without rules, they are still going to be abusive. But these days, if you're at a grocery store and you're punishing your child, you know, and I'm not talking about spanking, but, you know, people will call the police on you. Correct. And I've seen I've seen that happen. Running a child care center I did for 26 years and it was in the like 93 and the interesting thing about that Joe was I knew that even when my kids misbehaved I couldn't even grab their arm or anything because they would have closed my child care center down and I would see parents would just give their kid a little swat and I would literally have to say to them please don't let me see you do that because if you do my job I know you have is a mandated reporter I didn't do (laughs) it I never did that I never called on any parent like that never well now we're dealing with increased crime rates and all of this stuff going on why because yeah. p- children were not punished as children. Correct. They were never taught to respect authority. And we are paying the price for it now, aren't we? Yes. We are paying we are. the price. And what really worries me is, you know, Governor Florida Governor Ron DeSantis recently made a ruling. And it's passing through this week. And what he is ruling in, in the legislation he's passing is that he's really cracking down on illegals working in the state of Florida. Yes. And yes. he's telling companies, if you hire unauthorized workers, undocumented folks, illegals, we will punish you. And therefore, a lot of these folks, thousands, thousands of illegals that were working in Florida have left the state. Yes. Thousands of of them. And, And this is what's so crazy is they're doing jobs that Americans don't want to do. Right. They can't handle it. Do, can't handle how it. many kids do you know that want to go out into a field and pick tomatoes? I don't know one. From sunup to sundown. Correct. Correct. How Not many one. people do kids these days want to get into the construction business? Not many anymore. Or how many of them are out working in the sanitation department? And so in Florida, because of this, they have hired a lot of illegals to do the jobs that Americans don't want to do. Now, right. I am personally in favor of the legislation. I am. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, if, if you if me you too. want to be in this country and you want to work in this country, then you know what? Go and fill out an application. Do things the right way. Come through Correct. this country legally. Legally. Pay legally. your taxes. Pay your taxes like all other Americans must do. Yes. Do everything you have to do illegally. And I know we need to reform the system. We need to make it easier for people to become citizens. We need to fast track that process. We need to take, it should be less expensive than what it is. But at the same time, that's going to take time. Yes. But now what Florida is facing is we have all of these companies saying, you know what, we're going to have to close our business. We're going to have to, we're going to have delays in getting your products to you. We are potentially going to be short staffed. Right. At all of these different people who are working in construction, building houses and so on, they 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 say there could be a year to two year delay in home or business construction because they employed so many illegals who can now not work. 
Yes. What about farms? They're saying we're going to have less oranges this year, less tomatoes, less crops in Florida mm-hmm. because illegals will not be working these jobs. And what American is going to step up and work? I, I don't know. it. Do you know any? I don't know any. I, I don't. I don't. Know I can any. tell you right now, my son, Joe, you have kids. Lizzie, you have kids. Chase, our intern, Chase, do you want to go out and pick tomatoes for a living? Well, here, no. Here's the thing. I think that it'll it'll make the base pay higher, which is something that we need. We're, you know, our workers are not getting the money. That, that's that's why they're hiring the illegals is because they're cheaper. That's exactly that's, why. That's true. And, that's and, true. And it's not just, that is a good point, but it's not just that they're cheaper. They actually work harder. Yes. Well, they, that's very true. They actually, they work harder. They work longer hours. I, and for less pay. We, we may be spoiled, however, if they raise the pay. And they I mean, need to raise the pay. Right. Then maybe Americans we would, would get work some. just as hard for more pay. I'm not Correct. sure. I, I think so, but I'm not sure, Joe. I, you know, there's I, only one way to find <laughs> there's out. There's only one way to <laughs> right, find there's out. There's only one way to find out. I do agree that the, the, right now, what, the, the value of the dollar has gone down 38% yes. Yes. since the 80s. Correct. 38%. And then look at the prices of food these days. How can anyone seriously live on minimum wage? Well, and that's the it's thing. So what they hard. do is they raise the minimum wage, and then all of a sudden we're hit with inflation every time. If you yes. look back in history, every time major inflation has happened, they had just raised the minimum wage. Absolutely, and and look what Good happens. Point. Look what happens recently. Whenever a lot of these companies during COVID time they were shut down, they had to bring people back, and they had to. Let's say fast food is just an example. They had to pay people you know, $15, $16, $17 an hour to get people to come into work, right? Well, what did the companies do? They hired less people, right? They closed earlier. Uh, Here where we live in Missouri, in this, let's say in St. Charles County, good luck finding any fast food place that's open past 9 p.m. Correct. I went last night for my daughter who had some friends over to a pizza place and I went there, it was closed. And they're not closed permanently, they just had to close because no one would work. Right. That was right there in O'Fallon, Missouri, people, which is a suburb of St. Louis. People don't want to work. You know, I, I have no idea why. And I, I know that just this week, I believe a million people across the country lost their free government benefits. Yes. Their Medicaid, et cetera, SNAP benefits. Maybe that'll get some people back out. I don't think it will. Right. It because you know what? You make, you make more money panhandling on the corner of Highway uh, 44 <laughs> right. and, and Tesson Ferry, where I see these people all the time, than you do working at McDonald's, right? Correct. And like Paul is saying on the chat line, if you were working fast food, the wage has gone way up. And that's why our hamburgers have gone way up. I mean, you can make $20 an hour and sometimes $30 an hour working at a fast food chain and they still can't get employees. Exactly. And, you know, like I believe it was Jay that just said, you know, minimum wage was never meant to sustain you. Correct. That was always meant as a starter job. Yes. Typically high schoolers who go out and get a job, they're going to be earning minimum wage. But now we are a society of grown adults stuck in the cycle of working minimum wage their entire lives, their entire Correct. lives that have no chance to get out of that cycle. And I know how it is. I, you know, I tell people all the time, don't get in that cycle because you get in that cycle where you have so many bills, you have to keep working and you'll never, you know, you're going to continue working minimum wage and it's, you, you don't have time to go to school. You don't have try, time to try to better your skills and you just get stuck. You do. I know. So we're going to come back to that another time. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. And then we are going to be back with Steve King of Metro Shooting Supplies. I'm Tabitha Hassel with Lizzie Sparks, Pro Joe, and of course, intern Chase in today. Vic out, Eric out, but they'll be back. You've waited, and now it's here. The unveiling of the latest Carol House Lifestyle Collections. 
I'm Brooke with my sister Amy inviting you to see three football fields of the latest styles. Our new lifestyle collections are premium quality furniture made exclusively for us and available only at Carroll House. The attention to detail is unmatched and so is the value, nearly half the price of a typical gallery store. Plus, get free financing, delivery, and in-home design. Carroll House, because you like nice things. Marco, wait. What? No response? Hi, I'm Curtis Barks with Complete Auto Body and Repair, offering full service and auto repair to St. Louis and St. Charles. We are looking for someone to say polo. That's right. We are hiring. We want you now. If you would like to work in a well-paying environment, then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six Complete Auto Body and Repair locations. Will you help me find that missing person? Please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE. That's right. 636-488-4473. Dad and service. Oh, yeah. And service. Kathy O. Big Strick, owner of Experience Real Estate Partners with EXP, has been one of St. Louis, Missouri's highest selling groups for 26 years running. In that time, Kathy and her team have successfully assisted an incredible 4,000 families. So if you're thinking about buying, building, or selling, be sure to put Kathy's group and their experience to work for you, and you can expect to be moved. Just give her a call at 314-276-SOLD. That's 314-276-7653 or find her online at experience-re.com. As all of you may know, the home of the Cancel This Studio is located at the all-inclusive private jet hangar, Strategic Air Services. Founded in Chesterfield, Missouri, they take pride in offering a meticulous approach to private aviation through services that fully manage your trip from takeoff to landing. Strategic Air Services is more than just storage for your aircraft. They offer state-of-the-art amenities to its members and guests. When you are not traveling, you have the luxury of enjoying their world-class gym, conference rooms, lounges, and so much more. Strategic Air Services offers an unparalleled luxury experience for all things private aviation. If you're looking for a new place to call home for your aircraft, give them a call today at 636-400-7601. Again, that's 636-400-7601 or visit their website at strategicairservices.net. Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, if you don't know, is a family-owned business that has been around since 1994, serving some of the best chicken wings in town, no joke. Also known for their fresh burgers, pizza, and incredible smoked meat. Top-notch happy hour specials are included, plus live music every Friday and Saturday. Oh yeah, you can also enjoy their spacious heated covered patio. It's Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, 18,000 Chesterfield Airport Road. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Cancel This Show. I'm Tab Basil, in for Vic Faust. He'll be back tomorrow. Lizzie Sparks in studio. We have Pro Joe, of course, out behind the, the window in the Carroll House Lounge, along with intern Chase. And joining us today, Steve King, Metro Shooting Supplies. So happy to have you, Steve. How are you doing? We are so happy to have you. I know we're going to cover a lot of things with you today. One of those being, and I because I know people don't know this, I know people don't know this. There is a ban, a ban on pistol braces. And for anyone who doesn't know what a pistol brace is, it, you know, it, it steadies the gun on your arm. And I have no idea why they would have a, why they would have a ban on that. I, I mean, 
it doesn't make any sense. Can you shed some light on this? Well, it's kind of confusing to most people who aren't into the gun industry, but a pistol brace was designed by a veteran for veterans who were wounded in the war uh, who couldn't hold a rifle uh, up on or a pistol with one hand. So this was a stabilizing brace when it first came out. And it was designed for AR pistols and AK-47 pistols. So basically, it's a plastic piece that had a um, elastic band or a Velcro band around it. And it would wrap around the forearm. And it would give somebody who had one arm or limited use of the other arm a stability uh, platform to shoot their firearm. What happened over time was many companies came out and made facsimiles of that brace. And we started getting all kinds of different types of stabilizing braces. And then people weren't using them as the intended reason. And that was for stabilizing the AR pistol. So what they were doing was they were shouldering their pistol. And that's against the law. So there were many, many articles about how people could circumvent the short-barreled rifle uh, law uh, by putting a pistol brace on their AR pistol and then shouldering it and shooting it as a short-barreled rifle. That brought a lot of attention to the ATF. Uh, there was many, many, many videos on YouTube and various platforms that showed people how to illegally hold this firearm. So eventually ATF, um, I guess they got tired of having people, you know, thumb their nose at them, and they came up with the ruling that said, look, this is a pistol brace designed to help people with disabilities. It's not to use it as a short-barreled rifle. It is illegal to <laughs> shoulder a handgun. Right. So they now have made them illegal, and now it's through the court system on uh, what to do. But there's 40 million braces out there. So what do you do? Do you go back and, and go after 40 million people? Wow. Or do we... Um, try to work this thing out. So the key thing that I tell people, especially my customers that come in, many, many people don't know about this. They, they come don't. in every single day and they have this pistol brace on their AR pistol and this arm brace on their AR pistol and they, and many times they're shouldering it and they're using it illegally. But we need to let them know you need to take that arm brace, that pistol brace off of that pistol um, and put a smooth tube, pistol tube, on, buffer tube on that AR pistol or AK pistol, or it's going to be a felony. And you're going to get caught up, and it's going to be a big, big time for you to fight that in court. It's a, it, is, it is a really big deal. I read that it could be a jail sentence of anywhere from 5 to 10 years. As you said, it's a felony. A $10,000 fine, sometimes more. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> for having something... How many videos have we seen of let's say gangs, because, you know, the majority of deaths in this country, let's just face it, come from gang-related deaths. Most of the shootings in this country are crime-related criminals, right? Yep. How many criminals do you see with a, a pistol brace? Most of them. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a weapon of choice for a lot of these people that are using them illegally. And the reason being is there's a lot of rounds do, are they going to listen to the law? No. There, there's a lot of rounds. There, it's a high-powered firearm. Uh, the velocity is, is five to ten times greater than the largest handgun that you could shoot. So when people argue, is my 9 millimeter is strong, is it good enough, or do I need my 45 uh, ACP, that argument is moot when it comes to an AR-15. An AR-15 is five to 10 times more powerful than any handgun. So that's why they're choosing those weapons. Sure. There's 30 rounds, 100 round magazine. Absolutely so. And, and they're putting these on there. But 
they want them as small as they can get them. And when they're putting those uh, pistol braces on, they're not shooting them with it wrapped around their forearm and using it as it was intended. They're shouldering it and using them illegally. Well, of course they are. And, and I think we all know, in, in my biggest problem with any type of gun legislation, who does it target? You know, it, it, they say, well, it's going to cut down on shootings. It's going to cut down on shooting deaths. It doesn't, does it? No, no, it does not. Nothing does. You know, gun legislation, the only people it affects are law-abiding citizens. Because, and I know I could argue this and everyone's heard that, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but we know that you as a law-abiding citizen, me as a law-abiding citizen, we're going to obey the law, aren't we? Yeah. We're, if, if they tell us we can't use a gun brace, guess what? We're not going to use one, right? Correct. But the people actually committing the crimes they don't, don't care. care. They don't care. They no. don't care. There are 20,000 local, state, federal laws that regulate firearms industry. There's over 20,000 of them. And if you ask any person, name me one law that you could make right now that would stop gun crime, they couldn't come up with it. And if they said something, we could go back and say, that's already illegal. Exactly. So that's pe- exactly right. Yes. Most people would say, well, murder is against the law. Well, that's already illegal. <laughs> you know, it, we, we need to have, if you use a gun in a crime, you need to go to mandatory prison. It's already a crime. Right. You know, we can't use firearms in, in, in lieu of a crime or in, in a crime. So committing a crime. It's already illegal to do all those things. Attempted murder, murder, kidnapping. All these are against the law, and people that are criminals are still going to do them anyway. They, they, they are, are. They are going to do it anyway. And the way I feel in this country where we stand right now, now if we were a country where there were no guns out there, I might have a different, different viewpoint on this. But being the fact that guns are coming across our border, uh, people are, criminals are getting, they are going to have a gun regardless of the law. It is too late in this country for gun legislation. It's too late. We have passed that point a long time ago. I think that I don't want to disagree with you, but I think we need to have legislation. You know, I do believe that as a law-abiding citizen, as a as a country that has norms and mores and and laws, we're we're a civilized society. But we already have those laws. We have those laws. We have in place. those. We need laws. to enforce those. We laws. need to enforce the laws Correct. we have, Correct. but we don't need more Correct. gun legislation. Yeah. In my opinion, we don't need more gun legislation. You know what we need? We need more guns. We need more police. And we, we need more police. Yes, we need we people. Both to, of those things. We need people to uh, prosecute criminals to the fullest extent. Correct. And we need to have a, a punishment that bites into the crime. When yes. I was a kid, I was afraid that, you know, the death chamber was always something that was, you know, my yes. grandmother would threaten me with. If I hit my brother, she said, hey, you know, you're, the gas chamber's waiting for you. <laughs> yes. And, it, you know, it made you I think. I remember that. It made you think about what you're doing. Now there's no deterrent. I mean, people None. say, okay, I'm going to go to county jail for a couple of months. Big deal. I'm going to go to prison for a year or two. Big deal. They're going to come out. They're going to have creds. They're going to go to their street gang. They're going to get you know more uh, affluence uh, in their street gang. They're yes. going to go out and get more uh, jobs to do. Things don't happen the way we, as a law-abiding citizens, feel. I mean, look, I own a gun shop. I own two of them. And I, I sell guns all the time. And I sell guns illegal, I mean, legally to all these people that walk in the door. And they have to fill out paperwork to buy this That's firearm. Right. right. And I hear firearm shooting. You know, I hear gunshots every night. I hear, you know, if I watch the news like you do. Right. You know, I want gun laws to be in place to, for those people who violate gun laws. And, you know, sometimes I'm in the minority when it comes to my colleagues, but I believe that we should have right and wrong. 
but we need to enforce it and make it fair for everybody. Or if not, we're, if we're not going to do that, just give everyone firearms and let us fight it out like we did in but the old West. Don't you think that we're at that point now? Because we, we don't, we don't, we are not in a system right now, especially with Biden in, in the white house or allegedly in the white house. We, we're not in a place right now where we can enforce those laws. It is already like the wild West. Well, unfortunately, it already is. unfortunately we're allowing a political party that's in this country. Yes, yes for to, sure. Uh, take our rights and give them to the people who don't deserve the rights. And what I'm saying with that is when you take a law-abiding citizen's rights and put them as the victim, as the bad guy, and you make the criminal a martyr and you say, well, we don't need to have cashless bonds or cash bonds. We don't need to have prison sentences. We don't need to have minor uh, crimes as prosecutable you know, trespassing and, and loitering and, and breaking and entering and assault, you know, small assaults, that shouldn't be prosecuted. Look at these major cities that, you know, out in West and, you know, Seattle and everything where these people are just, they're, they're squatting on these folks' um, mm-hmm. yes. yards and they can't do anything Nothing. about it. Right. And eventually it leads to bigger crimes because if yes. you give a criminal an inch, they take a mile. If you allow them to sleep on your backyard, now they're going to throw their trash in your backyard. Correct. Now they're going to do their drugs in your backyard. Now they're going to bring their their partners in their backyard. Now you have a big community starting to develop in your yard with nefarious activity, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that Correct. needs to stop. It absolutely needs it to stop. And and you know that's the biggest concern you know for me is I you know we hear the stories let's say just as an example St. Louis City uh, St. Louis City it's one of of many places in this country where police are overwhelmed completely overwhelmed 911 centers completely overwhelmed you know there are times here in the city of St. Louis and I know around the country where if you let's say somebody is a perfect example I've used it before there was a woman in South St. Louis three o'clock in the morning somebody's breaking into her home she calls 911 no one answers Hangs up, calls 911 again. Took, I, I, I don't know, 45 minutes for 911 to answer. They finally answer because, of course, they're short staffed. You know, they answer. And then she says, you know, somebody's been tr- messing with my door. They're trying to get in. They're going to get in any second. I've been calling, calling, calling. Send somebody out right away. And they said, well, we will, we will send someone out, but it could be over an hour. hour. The police never arrived. Right. That was right here in St. Louis City. Never arrived. And, and thank God, whoever was trying to get in her door didn't get in. But we have to be our, the sheriff of our own home, don't absolutely. we? Absolutely. As a former policeman, I have to tell you, when you get those calls, you have, you know, there's a, a triage of calls you get. And they're going to they're gonna put them in priority. So Absolutely. if there's a right. car accident with injury, you're going to go to that. Mm-hmm. If there's a prowler, you're going to, you know, bring that in next. You're going to, there's going to be a list of the priority of which you go. Generally speaking, I have a lot of friends down in St. Louis City. Yes. A lot of customers come in. Yes. And, you know, we see that all of the time where these guys come and say, we're so overworked that, Every call is an emergency. Every yes. call is life threatening. Everything is life threatening, and we can't get to it. You right? Can't. Correct. You, you can't. I have nothing but the. I, I own a security company outside of the show here, and I have nothing but respect for law enforcement. Me too. And you know, Me too. And it's not just in St. Louis City, but police officers—they're overworked, 
underpaid. Way underpaid. Uh, they <laughs> they have you know the benefits aren't even what they should be. Or I mean, what's the last time the the police department in St. Louis City even had a raise? You know, many municipalities around the area they lost what over nearly two hundred and fifty officers. Was it just last yes, year? Last yeah. year. And these guys are women are getting shot at almost every day, yeah. and they don't talk about that. And and here these are the people who we have to count on to protect us. Correct. It's a cultural issue. Uh, people. Um, especially these these, I want to say democratic leaders in the in yes. these cities, major cities, they are defunding and, and cutting back on the police training. Yes. Um, you know, we look at police, uh, and I look at police as you know my brothers, but they are people are risking their life every single day, yes. Yes. and people don't realize this. And every time they do something, they're scrutinized with everything they do, and the fact that they don't get a fight back and get to be on TV or the radio right. and talk about their life story. Because they don't have a, a right to a First Amendment speech. They don't. They don't even have a, a platform where they can you know, air their grievances. Yes. Right. And the, the problem is, is that they want to go home at night, just like you and I do. Yes. And when they come to the job, they don't know what the next call is going to be. Correct. It can be a cat stuck in a tree, or it can be a guy that just killed three kids and his, and the mom in a house because he, you know, the ex boyfriend or something. We don't know what the next call is going to be coming across the radio, but we have to be prepared to go to every single one of those calls and be a social worker, be a doctor, be a paramedic, be you know, problem solver, be a marksman, be a, a, a executioner at some point. And people like to, to go back and critique their every move, but they don't put themselves in their shoes. And that officer, many, many times, has just seconds to make that yes, decision. Correct. And that decision is stuck with him for the rest of his life. Yes. And many times, you know, we, we, and we've seen all of the big cases in the last three or four years that have made the news and changed things throughout our country. But in every one of those incidences, if you break it down to the very simple thing, there's a bad guy doing yes. something wrong, and the law enforcement officer was called to that scene because of him <laughs> and handled the situation and it got out of hand yes. or whatever happened. I don't want to pick sides. I'm just saying that it was done and dealt with case by case. Cool. The policeman never just showed up out of the clear blue sky and said, hey, I just want to go kill somebody today. <laughs> right. That Absolutely. doesn't happen. Every person needs to realize that every one of these people that were had died in the hands of police officers, those officers never thought before that call, I can't wait to go kill somebody today. Exactly. Right. Exactly. They got a call. There was a heinous crime. There was somebody doing something bad. They went to stop that crime and the results didn't pan out the way the bad guy would have liked. Every every case that I can think of, and I, I probably look at most of them, every case that I can think of with an officer-involved shooting, uh, ha, it, it always, always comes down to resisting arrest. Every single time. Or the bad guy shooting at the arrest. policeman. Yeah, I mean, you know. Or, or yes. exactly that. Yeah. It, yes. It's never a case where you see an innocent person walking down the street and the police stop and just shoot them. Right. I right. mean, when does right. that ever happen? Well, you know, and it was years ago, uh, my father, my uncle, and my grandfather all worked in, in St. Louis City Metropolitan Police. They walked around with a billy club. <laughs> they didn't even have a gun, but they would pull their gun, but only in domestic situations. They said those were the scariest. Now, they could never walk around in any major city in the United States with just that. 
thinking that's what they're going to go and do. Times have changed drastically in the last 30 years. And one word with that would be respect. Exactly. When people saw the street cop, the, the beat cop, walking yes. down the street with his nightstick, um, you know, there's all kinds of Bugs Bunny cartoons and everything that we've yeah. parodied yeah. throughout the years. But it was always an Irish policeman, you know, yes. and, and he'd come in and, and he'd tell the kids to stop fighting or, or go home it's past curfew whatever yes. the case was but that beat cop knew his territory they yes. did he knew his neighborhood he knew who belonged there and who didn't yes, belong there exactly and then all of a sudden when we started getting technology and we started advancing that policeman's role we started getting walkie talkies you know I remember right. when I first became a policeman we had just gotten walkie talkies I mean it's amazing to think you know in the 80s we're just now getting walkie talkies that were small yeah. enough to carry yeah if you watch movies or TV shows like Adam 12, their they're, they're walkie-talkies yeah, are three huge. feet long, you know, and they don't even have them to walk in. But the, the technology that we had, now with the, the road cop, the guy in the police car, he still has his district, he still has his territory, and he still knows the riffraff and the good people, and he knows who belongs there and who doesn't belong Correct. there. But all of a sudden, we get these civil rights people who want to press the envelope by saying, hey, now you're profiling people. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. Yeah, because these people don't belong in your neighborhood, you're stopping them and asking them why they're there. Correct. Now, That's why? called good police work, isn't it? Very good police work. Or let's go talk to your mom about this. They can't exactly. do that anymore. No, we can't do anything. They want it, they, It's almost as if the bad guy... Oh, they have more rights than us. Absolutely. And they, they it's almost as if this, the scenario, the pendulum has switched to now we don't have investigative tools anymore. Correct. You just have to go back and write a report because we're not investigating. And we're always investigators now. We're not preemptive policemen anymore. Right. We're no. not patrolling. We're not stopping crime. Right. All we're doing now is reacting to crime and writing police reports. And that's yes. the problem. Yeah, that's a big difference. It's you can't be difference. proactive no. now. You can't be proactive. You're just, you show up and you pick up the pieces. Yeah. Correct. Something has already occurred. I'm, I'm a big fan of stop and frisk, the Terry stop. And I really do believe, I really do believe that if we went back to the Terry stop and we went back to the stopping and frisking, I think we would cut down crime drastically, specifically illegal guns on the streets. But you can't do that because now all of a sudden it's racist. Right. And in your rights as, as somebody walking down the street is more important than my right to feel safe. Absolutely. And when I was a policeman, we had things called FERS, field interview reports. And if you saw somebody who is loitering around a gas station late at night that's closed or a business, a warehouse or something, and they're just loitering around or they're, you know, parked in a car, casing the place out or something, we were able to go up and get their ID and write this field interview report. And that would go into a database um, and we would have an idea that if something would happen down the road, let's say two weeks down the road, that warehouse gets broken into, but three times this guy, the same guy was field interviewed on the parking lot, then he's probably a pretty good suspect. Not saying that he did it and not that you know he could be, should be convicted of it. I'm saying he is a suspect because we were able to point him and place him at that warehouse after hours when he shouldn't have been there. And then all of a sudden it got broken into. Or if they're walking down the street and you, you have three or four kids walking down the street and you stop them and you write their names. And then all of a sudden, one of them is found dead in a park two blocks away. Now you know who the other people were that were with him. 
right. you can go question them and start your investigation of what happened to this kid. And nowadays, it is so racially motivated or racially divided. And even if the race doesn't play a part in it whatsoever, they make it an issue yes. right. to We're, say that because they can take numbers and just skew them any way you want. Right. That's exactly right. And you know what? I, I And I ask this often. I have so many friends that are police officers. And I always say, you know, I know these these police officers. I know they are not racially profiling. I know they are not racist in their hearts by any means. I know they're just trying to do a good job in protecting their community. And I have asked them before, does it affect how you police? Because now all of a sudden you hear a report that, you know, you're looking for, let's say a black guy or a Hispanic guy, let's say on a bicycle in a blue hoodie. And are you nervous about asking this person because then all of a sudden they're going to call you a racist they're going to say you're racially profiling when you're not does it do you think it affects how police officers patrol absolutely and to even take that point further when i wrote a police report back in the day you started with a pedigree and you you know yes. indented and you would say the john doe uh white male age 25 six foot tall brown hair brown eyes 180 pounds, and you would give a full description, where he worked, what, yeah, yeah. everything that you could get. The and most important part is the description. 21 parts exactly. of the pedigree, right? Yes. Well, now, if you watch any newscast anywhere out there, and they say, this crime happened, it's a male, six foot tall, 180 pounds, wearing dark clothes. They don't give race. They don't give sex, or they'll give sex. They'll say male, six foot, but they, get, they make it as broad as can be so that you don't go and pick up the first black guy you see six foot one wearing a blue or dark clothes in that area because he might be a suspect, right? They don't want, they, they're saying, the media is saying, we don't want to skew your, your process. We want you to have an objective reason for stopping that person. Now, isn't that the craziest thing you've ever heard? It's absolutely crazy. The How many people do you know thing? that are six foot tall, 180 pounds, <laughs> wearing dark clothes, walking around? Right. It, it, that Correct. is the craziest thing I've it ever is. heard. Let's it, narrow it down and get the right guy. That's yes. exactly right. It makes our communities less safe. We're so worried yeah. about offending people and and being racist and, and that people are less safe in our communities. Yes. Correct. It really worries me. And that's why I, and that's part of my my thoughts when it comes to to weapons. I truly do believe, I absolutely do believe that every American has the right to not only own a weapon, but they have the right to carry it with them. I think that in this day and time, it's not enough to just have a weapon at your home because your person is in danger in so many different situations. I, I agree with you 100%. I think we should follow what Austin's doing. Austin, Texas. They, they allow conceal and carry. They, everybody's got a weapon down there, and they're talking about how their crime is down because criminals don't know who they can rob because everybody's armed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, agree with that. I totally agree what with that. What do you think about that, Steve? So I think that it's absolutely correct. I do yes. believe that open carry is a wrong thing to do. And I know that you're going to get all kinds of people commenting on uh, me being against open carry, but open carry is nothing but rubbing salt into the wound of the anti-gun people. And hear me out. If you were trying to convince somebody who is borderline about people allowed to carry guns, do you want to rub it in their face by having one on your hip or carrying a rifle in your hand and going, ha, 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 this is my ride, I get to do it, 
they're going to resent you for that. They're going to pull away. Their, their views are going to be negative towards the gun community. However, if we have concealed carry and they don't know you're carrying a gun and we're talking, the three of us are talking and you don't know I have a firearm on me right now, you're not going to be alarmed. You're not going to be, you're not going to have an opinion one way or the other about whether I'm a good guy or a bad guy because you don't know. Right. But if I'm walking around cocky and saying, hey, here's my gun, you can't stop me and it's my right and it's... That's just sending the wrong message. Well, you're you're also playing a rock paper scissor, correct? Because guess yes. what? A, a lot bag. of <laughs> a lot of the people out there who want to cause you harm, they have a bigger weapon than you do. You know, they have something that is concealed that you don't see. I personally think it's better to conceal, absolutely, because I think it's better to keep people guessing. Because when they see that weapon on your hip or they see that you're carrying, they know what you're carrying, and you're the first target. Correct. Yes, that's right. The first that's target. exactly. You're the first target. And I agree with that rubbing salt in the room. There's too many people these days that are so polarized by what they hear in the media that as soon as they see you, they do get, I hate to keep using the word, but they get all triggered and it doesn't help the situation. No. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Even though it doesn't sound fair, I, I don't disagree with you on that. And you know, point. with the art of negotiation, everybody knows if they're in business or just in social, you know, realms, rings and circles, negotiations plays the biggest part in our world, right? Correct. We are here to get along with each other. So if I want to get along with the most people, I'm not going to try to rub them the wrong way. And by flaunting or, or taunting them with this firearm on my side, it is just pushing them away. It's like a magnet where the, it Correct. just keeps pushing the other side away. Whereas if I could take them to a range, teach them how to shoot, show them how to handle this firearm, they're going to be much more receptive to it. And then when they know that I have one in my pocket or on my in a hip holster or in a inside the waistband holster, then they're going to say, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that this was a part of the gun community. But these guys that are flaunting them and walking around and just, you know, in your face and taunting police with them and doing all these things, you know, you see all these videos and, and, and these cops come up to the guys on the street and, they, and then they're like, what are you doing there? I'm walking down the street with my gun in my hand. It's my constitutional right. I can do that. Yeah, great, pal. But you're also disturbing the peace of all these people that are calling me. Right. They're right. calling the police. They're scared. There's a guy walking down the street with a rifle in his hand. Right. <laughs> right. You don't right. know he's he's demonstrating his constitutional rights or if he's going to be a sniper and start shooting people on the freeway. Right. right. We don't know. So let's err on the side of caution and let's just keep it and be civil about it. I don't and I don't disagree with you. I you know, I think that people have the right to open carry. Absolutely. Yep. Constitutionally, constitutionally, they do. They yep. do. But at the same time, I think it serves a better purpose to conceal because you know think about you're in the grocery store a, a shooter comes in who do you who do you think he's taking out first the guy with the, the, guy gun. With the gun. gun yes and and then what if you're the only one with a gun then there's <laughs> right. no one else left to protect the people right right and you, you, i really do think you make yourself a target you know i've heard instances of people w walking down the street as a matter of fact this happened in in southern missouri who was open carrying guess what somebody drove down the street and shot him you know, because they 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 like you just said, they don't know what he's doing and they don't know if it's a threat. Is it not a threat? And, and, you know, and then you have your home. Obviously, I am absolutely I just told the guys these guys earlier. There was a time in my life when I was absolutely against weapons, absolutely against them. I thought if you had a weapon in your home, your kids were going to shoot, uh, shoot themselves or you're going to have an accident or the, the bad guy is going to get the gun away from you and shoot you with it. And, and then my, my brain, I don't know what, I, I think my brain didn't work back then. Now I think <laughs> every person, every person needs to have a weapon in their home 
because you have to be able to protect yourself and your family. Right. And the, no one else is going to do it. And your point just a minute ago with a guy driving down and shooting the person with a gun. You know, in the state of Missouri, all you have to do is say, I was in fear of my life. Absolutely so. Nobody can get into your head. Nobody can prove you otherwise. And if you say, I was in fear of my life, it's a justified shooting. Now, if you don't have criminal charges brought against you, there's no civil charges brought against you. So the Missouri has written a lot of laws to protect people using their firearms. Um, I would also add to the fact that there was a story um, several years back where a guy was really proud of walking around with his little P-22 22 caliber pistol on his side. And he was walking, and I think it was in Oregon somewhere maybe, um, I don't remember, but they were walking down the street about 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, and he and his buddy are walking down the street, and this homeless guy was sitting against the curb. And he said, hey, buddy, is that a Walther P-22? And he goes, yeah, yeah, it is. He goes, you want to see it? He goes, man, I love that. That's my favorite gun. Can I see it? And he goes, sure. And he handed him his gun, and the homeless guy robbed him and his buddy, mm. made them take off their clothes, made them take off their watches, their cell phones, give them their money, and then made them run down the street naked. And he just oh took my. what he wanted and just laughed and walked away because he had his gun. Right, but this right. kid was so stupid and naive <laughs> that he showed this guy because he was a gun enthusiast and thought, oh, another gun enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And he gave mm -hmm. him his loaded gun. And that's how oh, wow. sometimes right. people don't think in the situation. They don't think. And, and that's where you have to educate your children. Right. I know I was like Tabitha was a family um, that we didn't want to have guns. Same reason until we felt threatened by someone. Right. Then we took our children, trained all of them, bought them all a gun for Christmas so they can handle themselves now. But it took a little bit to even train our kids because our oldest said, well, was talking about profiling. He kept getting pulled over and he kept saying, mom, the police are profiling me. And I said, I'm so glad they are, son. Of course, they're going to profile a 16-year-old idiot that drives 20 miles over the speed limit every single day. Yeah. And you're not a good driver yet. It's one thing I'm not <laughs> if you're 40 and you're driving over the speed limit, but when you're 16, you're an idiot behind a killing machine. Machine. Yet they're profiling. <laughs> Correct. And I said, good. I hope they are profiling. You exactly. Son. And so, and he wouldn't dare speed now. He's actually like a grandpa. He's 31 and he doesn't speed. Well, so we, we've been talking about this for the last 15 minutes or so, but the key thing about firearms is training. Yes. Okay. We've talked about protecting ourselves, having a firearm in the home, um, getting a concealed carry license. In the state of Missouri, we have permitless carry. So you don't have to have a concealed carry permit to do that. However, I would recommend anybody and everybody that is over the age of 21 to go in and get their concealed carry permit. The reason I'm saying that is you don't know what you don't know. That's right. Correct. And Correct. there are many, many laws out here yes. that will trip you up mm -hmm. and get you in trouble if you just simply strap that gun on right. and carry it and not know what you're doing with it. Secondly, if you have a concealed carry permit in your wallet and you get pulled over by the police for speeding and they see that you have this permit, many times they know that you're a good citizen because you went through the training, you took the time, you spent the money, you did the practice, and you went and got this training. Not only that, but this R permit in the state of Missouri is good in 38 other states. So if you want to carry in other states other than Illinois, that's a whole other story. But yes, if you want to is. carry in other states, <laughs> our permit is very good and receptive in so many other places. Yes. But you have to get the concealed carry permit to use it in the other states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I, and I am all for that. I, yeah, am too. I think that 
I, you know, this is going to also rub people the wrong way, maybe, of your your viewers, but I believe that everyone should have mandatory firearms training. Absolutely. So. I, I agree. And it should be a from a certified instructor, not grandpa. I mean, my grandpa taught me how to Correct. shoot at four Correct. years old. Yes. But that didn't give me any credentials to go do anything except for shoot tin cans, right? Right. But right. I think that every single person in this country should have to have some kind of formal training by somebody just so that they can say, if they had an accident or something happened, look, I'm not maliciously doing anything. I've gone to training. I've taken this class. I, I practice safe gun handling. I practice safe gun storage. I do things exactly the way I should do as a responsible gun owner. I'm not letting my three-year-old carry the gun and shoot somebody. I'm not letting you know this happen. And just on the news yesterday, a kid shot his mother through, the, that. through yes. the wall, through the wall, three year old kid and shot his mother through the wall. How many times has this happened? A lot. You know. All all too all too often. And I know I realize here in the state of Missouri we don't need you don't need a concealed carry permit nope. to to conceal and carry. However, I think that the training you receive is invaluable. It is. And I will bet you that every person that takes that class learns something that they didn't already know. Absolutely. And, yes. and we, we give them a, a, you know, we have, we do our classes still monthly and um, we're giving a 10% coupon off through the show here to do our class. Our next class is July 22nd Fantastic. for anybody who's interested, but we'd like to encourage them to sign up for the class come in, learn the laws, know what they can and cannot do, where they can and cannot carry. Uh, a lot of people think they just put the gun on and just shoot whoever they see. But we put real life scenarios in our class. And, you know, we teach people two main things. Um, never use your firearm unless you're defending yourself right. or a loved one. So unless you're saving the life of someone who shares your bloodline or your last name, you don't pull your gun out and get involved because you don't know the circumstances that's right. happening. Mm -hmm. That's right. There are many, many stories where people have gotten involved as a good Samaritan and been in the wrong. That's and right. And they've shot the innocent person. The wrong person. Yes. Because they did not see the incident happen from beginning to end. And one of our scenarios is a guy is beating the crap out of a guy with a baseball bat. And he's just on the verge of killing him. And he's like three blows away from killing him. Mm -hmm. And you have a concealed carry gun. We say, what would you do? And people would say, I'd pull my gun out and say, stop. And so the guy says, okay, well, I'm not going to stop. Hit, hit. He's one more blow away from mm -hmm. dying. What are you going to do? And they always say, I'd shoot. Well, that's not necessarily the case. What if that guy had just raped your three-year-old daughter? Right. Right. You don't know the circumstances. You don't know you don't. the circumstances. You, so, you never know. And, and I, I, I never even thought about that before, but you're so right. You cannot get involved in every incident you see. And not only that, but you know what? I, I always try to tell people, if you're going to have a weapon, you have to be ready to use it. Because if you're not ready to use it, they are going to use it against you. That's right. And just because you pull your firearm doesn't mean you have to use it. The average gunfight in, in a self-defense situation is 2.2 gunshots, right? It happens within three feet of each other, and it's over, you know, in a split second. Yes. Yes. So it's not like you're shooting, you know, these guys come in and want these drum magazines and, and right. 33 round mags. Yeah. You know, you're not going to Iraq. You're driving. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Steve. You're, you're going to get gas at the gas station. I mean, right. your handgun is designed to get you out in an immediate situation. Your handgun is designed to stop the threat 
right there. Yes. Just enough to get you back to your long gun to shoot. If we knew that there was going to be a gunfight right down the street here at the gas station at 3 o'clock today, we're not going to go, up, go down there and show up, right? right? We're just going to avoid the situation. We're not going to even be there. But if we did have to go there at 3 o'clock for whatever reason, we wouldn't be taking handguns. That's We'd be right, taking right. long guns, shotguns, rifles, whatever. We'd be going down with more firepower because we that's would. how you win gunfights. But our handgun situation, our self-defense situation is generally, by surprise, it's very fast, very dangerous, very furious, and it's over in seconds. So you have to be prepared mentally and psychologically uh, and emotionally to use your firearm if you need to do that. And a lot of people, they get into that, that response where they believe this isn't happening to me. This right. can't be happening to me. I am not getting robbed right now. I am not getting mugged right now. This isn't happening to me. And they freeze mm -hmm. and they can't do anything about it. So every time, whenever I say goodbye to somebody, I always say be safe or be careful. The thing is, I want people to know that they need to follow their intuition, their, their instincts, and also know their surroundings everywhere they go. Yes. When you go to a restaurant, know your exit strategy to get out of that restaurant. If you go to a, uh, an event, know the exits, know how you're going to get out if something happens. Yes. You'd have to know how to get your family and get That's them right. to a safe place. And you do that every time you go. When you go to the gas station, look in the last two months, yes. there's been eight or nine people robbed at the gas stations. Mm -hmm. Stop getting your wallet out of your purse and leaving it in the driver's seat right, with the right, keys in the right, car. The, right. Stop. Get out. Lock the door. Take the fob, put it in your pocket, and, yes. and pump your gas, and then get back into your car. Correct. Watch your surroundings. Look while you're pumping gas. Get Be off observance. your damn phone. Right. Right. Yeah. How many yeah. people are just in that phone all the time and sure. don't know anything around them? More right. people are carjacked and robbed because they are sitting in their cell phone. I always say, when you park your car, whatever it is you're doing, be ready to get out of your car and go. Know how you park, back into a spot, Yes. right? You're faster driving forward than you are backing out. Pack back into a spot, know who's on the, each side of you, know how close the vehicles are to you, know who's in front of you, know your situation. Before you get out of the car, look and see, is there somebody standing behind my car? Is there somebody standing next to a car or two cars over just watching me? Right. Get your head out of your phone yes. and look and do a 360. Mm -hmm. Get out, look to see where your car's parked. Is there a light by my car? Is there a sign by my car? Don't come out of a store or at night or in a storm and you're walking out and you're running to find out where your car is and you go, I can't remember where I parked my car. I don't know if it's down this aisle or this aisle. And now your tunnel then vision. Yeah, then you're a victim. Your tunnel vision right. is focusing on your vehicle Correct. instead of your surroundings. And now you are opening yourself up it's, to be a victim. And you, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, what is, is it true that women, I've, I've been told that also when you come up to your car, you should always look in the back seat, even if you've locked the car, and look under. Because men, especially if it's women, and we look weaker, they could be waiting. And as soon as you pull out or open the door, they hop in. You need to look under your car as you're walking to the car. Mm -hmm. You can see that little distance under your car yes. as you're approaching it. Always scan your vehicle to see if there's trash under your car, see if there's bottles behind your tires, see if there's nails or foreign objects behind your tires. Mm -hmm. So when you back out or something, you run over them and get a flat down the road. Right. Look and see how many people are standing in the proximity of mm -hmm. your car and what are they doing as they're standing. If there's another lady two cars over loading her groceries in your car, right. you're probably okay. Yes. But that doesn't mean you 
you are. Watch to see who's with her. Is there somebody just standing there scoping it out and she's the decoy for you to get up there and get kidnapped? It happens so fast. We've all seen those videos yep. where you'll see, you know, somebody who's missing, yep. who's later yes. found dead. And guess what happens? They'll show them in the parking lot, let's say, of a grocery store. And this person, they've loaded their groceries, let's say, into their trunk. They're going to get into the driver's seat. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone comes up behind them and pushes them into the car. Yes. Jumps into the driver's seat. And, and then off. you'll never see off. them again. Exactly. And, and you know what? The, this person comes out of nowhere. I always tell people, and I know a lot of this could be my security training, be observant. It is your number one defense is to be observant. Far more than a firearm, far more than anything else. You need to use your body to watch, hear, smell, watch what's going on. You're going to be a witness. You're going to have to report this. You're going to remember, hey, you know, that car wasn't this close to mine when I got out of it. And it's still here, but it's closer. Or the, they turned it around and backed up to my car. And Just look at things and how your situation changes. And be aware of the situation that changes. Don't, don't say, oh, I must be going crazy or something. You think about it. If, if you're afraid to walk to your car, don't walk to your car. If you get that gut feeling that, hey, there's something not right, stop. Absolutely. Get somebody, Absolutely. get some help. You know, most of these grocery stores and Walmarts and everything, they all have security guards now. Correct. They have to. Correct. Now, those guys probably aren't armed all the time, and they're probably not the best people, but they're a witness, if nothing else. Correct. And get them to go to your car. Have them walk with you. Have yes. them watch you put your groceries in. Do things to let other people get involved. The more people you can get involved, the less chances you are of being a victim yourself. And pay attention to the people around you. Yes. You know, yes. I myself, I, I, something nefarious almost happened to me several years ago. And it, I'm a very observant person, thankfully. But I pulled up to, I was with a friend, I pulled up to a, a bar. This was many, many years ago. And I saw that there was a car that pulled in behind us. Uh, we walked in. You know, I saw a guy come in, sat all the way on one end of the bar. And then a few minutes later, another guy came in and sat all the way at the other end of the bar. And it was only her and I in the middle. And those guys kept looking at each other. You know, it was really, and I noticed they were looking, my friend didn't have the faintest clue what was going on. I'm like, why are these guys keep looking at each other? And then, so I pretended to get up and walk out the door. And I saw the guys kind of give the, each other like this weird nod. And then my friend came out to see what was going on. And those guys got up and followed us out. And this was back in the old days, because I'm really old, Steve, when they had payphones. So I pretended like I was on the payphone calling the police. And these guys, I have no doubt in my mind, they would have done something to us. They went out the door and they waited on either side of the door mm -hmm. for us to come out. And thankfully, the bartender was just as, as observant and came out behind us and said, there's something going on here. What it, will, what it was, I don't know. But think how often that happens to people and people are completely oblivious to the fact that they were being followed or that someone was watching them. I can tell you that in my personal life, uh, as a civilian prior to being a policeman, um, I think the statute of limitations are over now. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I carried a gun prior to the guns being leaked. You know, they don't, they, we've only had concealed carry in, in Missouri right. since 2004. I carried a gun my entire life uh, because I worked downtown and I was in bad neighborhoods and I, I was in a lot of places. But I can tell you that in my life alone, I stopped more crime. And, and then if FBI statistics don't give us these numbers That's right, because they they're correct. never reported. That's correct. But I can tell you that I stopped more crime as a civilian between the ages of 18 years old and 21 
with my firearm in stupid places that I was, shouldn't have done or shouldn't have been there. And I'm not saying you people should do this. I'm just telling you that I had this sense of I had to do it. Um, and it happened. And I stopped these crimes. And I know that they would have been deadly crimes had, the, you know, abduction, a kid abduction. I stopped that one time at a Kroger store. I stopped uh, a, a kidnapping down in St. Louis City uh, at a baseball game at a, after a Cardinals game. I worked at Bush Stadium uh, as, as an usher. And with your I, with your weapon? I didn't have it on me. No, it was in my car. <laughs> I won't tell Bill DeWitt. But I was able to. He didn't own it at the time. But I was able to get to my car and get my retrieve my firearm and stop this kidnapping Good for in you. time. That is great. But it was all these things that happened that had I not been there and did not have a firearm, did not have the gumption and the peace of mind to stop it. And the confidence, yeah. which is what you learn taking Absolutely. these classes. Yes, and, and right. having the confidence is really great. And situational awareness, it, it's, you have to, and, and I am and I hate being sexist, but if you're a woman, you're more targeted. You just are. I think so. You have more things in your head. You have kids, you have, you know. And we're not physically as strong, too, if, if we would get out and about. And you're sure. right, we have a lot of spaghetti brain where we're thinking about a lot of things. But I know when you're driving down and you have the feeling that someone is following you or whatever, you know, you can call ahead to the police department, right. too, and say, hey, I'm not going to stop but I'm going to end up at your police station. This is, and if you can get the driver's, or not the driver's license, the license plate. Right. And I did that once in O'Fallon, Missouri, who, which is in the middle of the state, obviously. And um, they they looked his plate up before I ever got to the police station. Of course, he didn't follow me in, but they were waiting at the end of their driveway and caught him. And sure enough, he was a convicted pedophile and they, he was wanted. So, I mean, sometimes you can, you can stop that way too absolutely and and i encourage people to do this you know there's so many times that you know we have cell phones that we can use so use them properly you know stop looking at the mail your emails as you're driving and use them to call the police to do whatever you need to do the thing is that we need to be proactive the law enforcement community isn't large enough to protect us 24 7 they, they can't do it they would love to but they, you're they right would. but they cannot they could and, and and we as civilians have to take it upon ourselves to be a little bit more proactive in stopping crime now i am not telling anybody to be judge jury and executioner i am not saying that what i'm saying is if there's somebody following and you feel scared about it get their license plates call it in and then Drive safely. Go to some place, a police department, a fire station, some place that you can get help with. Don't let them follow you home. Never go never, home. Never, never, and never, never get it. Never, never allow somebody to force you into a car. No, you know you no. have to fight. fight back. And if you're armed, obviously that gives you the upper edge. Yes, especially if it's concealed and they're not expecting that fight to come from you. Now, when you, when I know you're offering our listeners ten percent off mm -hmm. from your concealed carry classes. Yep. How do they how do they receive that discount? How do they find you? I know your website buylearnshoot.com. Right. And of course we're talking to Steve King with Metro Shooting Supplies. And I what I love about these classes is I think it teaches people the confidence because otherwise you might be out there like am I doing the right thing? Right. Do I know what I'm doing? Because you don't expect yourself to be caught in that situation. And I really hope I really hope our listeners take advantage of that 10% discount and they contact you, they go on your website and sign up for these classes. So I'm located on, on the Rock Road in Bridgeton. And uh, like you said, our, our website is buylearnshoot.com. We're open seven days a week. They can come in, practice. They can even take a private lesson if they'd like. We teach private lessons. Uh, they can come in, practice, then to come in for the concealed carry class. The concealed carry class is not designed to teach you how to shoot. 
On the contrary, it's designed to teach you how not to shoot. We want you to be aware. We want you to know that the most important thing you're carrying on your body is your cell phone, you know, a pen and paper. You know, you're talking about fighting back. This pen has got a titanium point. I carry it everywhere I go. This will poke your eye out. This will go through the juggler. This will put a big hole in your arm. If I don't have a firearm to shoot you with, I can always take my pen out and ram it through your forearm, and I guarantee you, you'll let go of me after I do that. So we teach other alternatives other than just using your gun. The gun should be used as a last resort. The gun should be, I have no other option. I'm going to use this gun. Never pull your gun out because you're walking someplace and you go, okay, I think I'm scared. I'm going to pull my gun out. If you're not aware of your surrounding and they surprise you, that gun is going to be taken away from you. Very simply. They're going to knock you down. It's going to fall out of your hand. Wait until you see your target draw the firearm, never put your finger on the trigger until you are ready to shoot, and then you engage your target. And you shoot to stop the threat. You never shoot to kill, we shoot to stop the threat. And that's what you're gonna learn in these classes. But it is so important to take these classes, and we still offer them even though the state says you don't have to have them. I encourage everyone to do that, and that's why I'm giving 10% off to the listeners, because it's important that they come in and learn what they can and cannot do, and then I promise you they're going to leave saying, I didn't know that. App, there's no question. Yes. There's no question about that. Do you, is there an age limit? Because I really think I'm and I'm hoping that our listeners enroll their children. Well, the problem with concealed carry in Missouri is you can get a concealed carry permit if you're 19 years old, but not through somebody who's regulated by the federal government. OK, so you can get that through your uncle or a FF, I mean, a NRA uh, licensed a firearms instructor, you can do that. It's not through me because I'm federally regulated by the government and the federal laws say you have to be 21 years old to Got it. have a firearm and to do these things. So in my classes, unfortunately, uh, for concealed carry, you have to be 21 years old. Now, we do teach private lessons and I teach, I've taught kids as low as four years old how to shoot firearms. And they they have to have an aptitude. They have to be safe about it. But I've had children come in four years old and know more about gun safety than a lot of adults. And and that is That's that is great. and that is so important. And I really hope and by children, I, I also mean adult children. Yes. <laughs> I hope that our listeners, you know, yes. enroll, give it as a birthday gift. Right. You know, whatever type of gift you want. Have them take these concealed carry permits because I'll tell you, like you said, classes, they will learn so much. And then not, you know, I worry more about my my son than I do myself. And yes. I know he knows all about gun safety. But if he didn't, I would want him to take this class and learn and to be educated on the process. So I hope everyone reaches out. Again, that's buylearnshoot.com. And how do how would someone go about getting their 10% discount? They would come in and uh, mention the show. Um, I believe there's going to be a 10% coupon on your website. Yes, there will be. And they're going to, they can download that, bring it in, and we'll give that to them. The, the thing about the concealed carry class, that is a gateway to future knowledge. Yes, it is. You know, we don't want people to stop training once they get their concealed carry permit. The laws change every year. So, you know, there's no mandate here. In, in Illinois, our customers in Illinois have to go through a, a refresher course every three years. In Missouri, once you have your concealed carry permit, it's good as long as you keep renewing it. But um, it's just a gateway. It's, it's a, it's, it allows you to get into it and then take further training. 
when you take our concealed carry class, we're going to tell you about force-on-force -force training. We're going to teach you about how to, we have airsoft guns, and we, we have force-on-force. -force. We have uh, anti-carjacking training. We have um, light, uh, low light with lights and lasers, uh, so that if you are carrying a firearm with a light or a laser, we teach you how to use that and when to use it. Um, a lot of people don't ever want to spend the money on a laser, right. but we have a little class that we take and we show you. We have two identical guns, one with a laser and one without a laser. I am all for the laser. And yes. you put that out on the target, and then we have you shoot weak hand, strong hand, mm -hmm. both wow. hands. Okay, love it. That's and very the, comprehensive. And yeah, the key that's great. thing is, the, the, the icing on the cake is we give you a pair of glasses, and they have Vaseline on them, simulating oh. waking up in the middle of the night. And without a laser, you see a blob. With the laser, Correct. you see the red dot or the green dot right in the middle of that blob. And it sells lasers every single time because people see the difference. The importance of that. Of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And they justify, to me, my laser is a $300 life insurance policy. Yeah, that it is well worth the money to have a laser. Yeah, Correct. every one of my concealed carry guns or home defense guns have lasers on them. And um, it's just, not because I need it, because I'm a very, very good shooter, but... It's to let bad guys know, hey, there's a gun pointing at you. That little yes. dot doesn't mean that, you know, we're playing with a cat. This is serious. So, right. you know, they need to look at that and heed the warning. No question about it. Well, Steve, I hope, I hope all of our listeners take advantage of that 10%. You have been absolutely wonderful Thank you. to come in and spend so much time with us. I could talk to you every day I could too. about all of I these things. Too. And, you know, I, I don't think we could ever get enough education, education when it, when it comes to, to weapons and concealed carry permits and open carry. So reach out to Steve King at buylearnshoot.com. Do you have a phone number you, that yeah. people can contact you? It's 314-993-4867 or 993-GUNS. Excellent. Take advantage of that 10% coupon. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Steve King, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for us. having me. And we'll be back right after this break. Carroll House has the largest selection of solid wood with the hottest new styles. Real furniture that's built to last, like our solid bedrooms, living rooms, and dining from Kincaid. Our volume enables us to save you a lot of money, especially during our solid wood sale. Plus, get free financing, fast free delivery, and free in-home design. So for solid wood, sweet styles, and solid service since 1964, shop over three football fields of furniture at Carroll House, because you like nice things. Hey guys, this is Dr. Mahesh Bagwe. I'm an orthopedic surgeon here in St. Louis for over the last 20 years. I went to Washington University. I got my medical degree at St. Louis University. From local high school athletes, college athletes, weekend warriors, injured workers, and even Cardinal baseball players, I've treated them all. Our practice strives to personalize care with every new patient being seen by me. To find me, contact my staff at drbagwe.com. That's D-R-B-A-G-W-E.com. Hopefully you don't need me, but if you do, you can find me now. Jonathan, what does make Rockwood so special? Rockwood, we carbonize it higher than anybody else does. So we're cooking out everything that produces ash, smoke, anything like that. Uh, it gives you a lot more control over the temperature, a lot more control over the fire, and it's a 100% Missouri product. All right, where can people get it? It's at 100 plus locations around St. Louis, any Deerberg, Straub's, uh, meat markets, wine and cheese stores, hardware stores, you name it, we're around St. Louis. Just check the website. And good charcoal should be able to break apart your hands like absolutely, Rockwood, yeah. Right? If, if you can't break it apart by hand, it's not charcoal yet. It's still wood. They didn't do the job, so make sure it can break apart by hand. All right, get your rockwood charcoal, Marco. Wait, 
What? No response? Hi, I'm Curtis Barks with Complete Auto Body and Repair, offering full service and auto repair to St. Louis and St. Charles. We are looking for someone to say polo. That's right. We are hiring. We want you now. If you would like to work in a well-paying environment, then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six Complete Auto Body and Repair locations. Will you help me find that missing person? Please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE. That's right. 636-488-4473. Dad and service. Oh, yeah. And service. Attention, anyone who served, lived, or worked at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987. Camp Lejeune's drinking water was dangerously toxic, and base personnel and their families have since suffered cancer and other illnesses. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and were diagnosed with cancer, you may be eligible for significant compensation. Call the Driscoll firm now. Consultations are free, and you won't pay a fee unless we get you the money you deserve. 1-800-805-4800. Welcome back to Cancel This Show, canceltheshow.com. I am Tabitha Hassel filling in for Vic Faust today. Vic will be back tomorrow. And of course, Lizzie Sparks in studio, Pro Joe on the boards, and of course, intern Chase in the Carroll House Lounge. We just talked to Steve King, Steve King of Metro Shooting Supplies, and we kept him a really long time. He may never come back because we, we held him hostage in our studios. <laughs> but sure did. I, I could talk about that stuff all day, all all day long, as you can tell. But what Steve told us during the break, he has two locations, Bridgeton uh, here in Missouri, Belleville, Illinois. He is looking for employees. So if you are looking for a job, reach out to Steve King at Metro Shooting Supplies. He's looking for gunsmiths. He's looking for folks to work the counter. Uh, teachers probably for his classes, a whole range of different things. So if you are in the market to look for that type of job, make sure you reach out to Steve King, buylearnshoot.com. was wonderful, wonderful talking to him today. I really liked him. And, and he was saying that he definitely needs people in his Illinois location because since Illinois in Belleville, they had shut down for so Correct. long, and they're, they're, they're almost having to restart. And they're remodeling right now. Yes. So it's going to be a beautiful location when it's, it's done. Gonna I know we great. have a lot of listeners over in Illinois. So if you're looking for a job, a fun job at that, take a look at Metro Shooting Supplies. You know, I would I would like to talk about... A movie. Some of our listeners have been asking me about this movie for at least at least three years. At least three years. Exciting. It it is exciting because you know faith based films are all the rage right now, and people don't seem to understand that. That anytime there's a faith based film or an uh, a patriotic film, sometimes they are selling out in theaters across the country. They're becoming more mainstream. And I want to talk about a a film called The Sound of Freedom. And we're going to play the trailer for you. The Sound of Freedom. We have been waiting, waiting for this film to open. And it opens across the country on July the 3rd. And if you go to angel.com, on angel.com, not only can you potentially receive free tickets, but you, they also have a program there where you can invest in the company in angel.com. They produce a lot of these films. They have a new TV series also coming out called Homestead, which I cannot wait for that to be released. You can get in at the ground level. You can, again, and not buy shares. I, you know, I don't really know what they call it, but you can be an investor in angel.com, which puts out these really great movies. 
And you can also donate money so that other people can get free tickets. You can be an angel investor, and I really like that idea. So we're going to watch the trailer for Sound of Freedom, because if you haven't seen this already, you have to go out, go to Fandango, and you can buy tickets all across the country. It opens in theaters on July 3rd. And from what I can see, it's going to have about a two-week playtime. And they have it at so many of our local theaters. Can't wait to see it. I can honestly say this is the best film I've done since The Passion of Christ. It is the fastest-growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. It has already passed the illegal arms trade, and soon it's going to pass the drug trade. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. I believe bringing important stories to God's children helps bring healing and hope to the world. There are children across the globe right now praying for help, and I believe that we can help answer their prayers. So here's how. Sound of Freedom is the most important movie I've done since The Passion of the Christ. It's a story of hope as my character, Tim Ballard, works tirelessly to rescue victims of child trafficking. It will open your eyes to the reality that too many children face while also inspiring each of us to save them. Our goal is to inspire two million people to attend the film's opening weekend to represent the two million trafficked children around the world. Won't you join us in this fight against child trafficking by coming to see Sound of Freedom on opening weekend? Additionally, Angel Studios created a new way that allows you to help others hear this message. You can pay it forward and buy someone else's ticket to see it for free. Someone who might not otherwise see it. Or if your budget is tight, share the already available free tickets with as many friends as you can or do both at angel.com slash SOF. Every parent and teenager in America should see this movie. And the more people that we can get to see this film, the more we can stand up united with one voice and say to the world that God's children are not for sale. Thank you. I can honestly... This, this is how we fight back. We talk often, don't we? about what what can we do? What can we do to make a difference? How can you fight back? Go out, go to angel.com, go to Fandango, go to your local movie theater and buy tickets for The Sound of Freedom. You know, this is based on a true story. Uh, It's based on a story about a former U.S. government agent. He quits his job to focus on saving children that are being sex trafficked. And it's crazy to think, people probably think, well, there's not that much of that going on. It is oh, rampant, huge, it's rampant, huge. millions. It's hard to believe, but there are reports that millions of children all across the world are being sex trafficked. As crazy as that sounds, thousands, correct, right here thousands. in the United States. And in this film, he rescues a young boy from child sex traffickers. He learns the boy's sister is still captive, and he goes on a journey, a mission. To save the boy's sister. So that's what this film is about. Again, based on a true story. Jim Caviezel, some great people over at angel.com. And while you're on angel.com, check out their new TV show. It's a new series. It's going to be called Homestead. 
I cannot wait to see it. And homesteading is about a family who there's a, a nuclear strike that breaks out and this family is on the run trying to find safety. So I can't wait to see that. I cannot wait to see it either. And the movie, just so that everybody's clear, is is um, is not a documentary. It's actually a thriller. It, it will keep you engaged. It'll probably break your heart by the end of it. But it's based on a true story and it's, it's just so riveting. And I highly recommend people go, especially if you're not aware of how much sex trafficking is. At some point, my daughter's going to come on. That's that's one of the biggest things she does is she's a prosecutor and she tries, and I mean just tries to prosecute all of the people that are sex trafficking children. It's it's a huge, huge epidemic. It, it is. And, and, and of course, our social media platforms, they don't crack down on it. They, they don't. They don't promote it. They do. As crazy as it's that is. Sick. And, it's sick. And it's you can see you can see Sound of Freedom all across the all across the country here locally. If you're in the Missouri in Missouri, you can see it. At, just, I looked last night online at Fandango. It's at almost every theater in town. So there's no way to miss it. Just look it up. And that is Sound of Freedom movie. Angel Studios. Angel dot com check that out and you know something that that we have to get to i know we don't have a whole lot of time left today is the day for the titan the titan of course is the submersible there was a crew of five that went down we all know the story went down to look at the titanic wreck at taurus right and have you guys seen what this submersible looks like on the inside i mean it is it, it, it looks like a toy, doesn't it? It looks like a carnival ride. It is so small. We have a photo of the inside. We actually have a short video of the inside. And it's so small that people have to sit on the floor. It's there, crazy. It, it looks like the inside of maybe a minivan. There's no, there's no seating. You sit on the floor. There's a little controller that is no joke. This is not a joke. It is controlled by a video game controller. That is how they they take this vehicle down. It has numerous bolts. It's impossible once you're inside of it to get back out. Impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such a sad story to me. It's such a sad story. And now today they've reached the point where it's been 96 hours. They have run out of oxygen, presumably. And we, you know, with this kind of situation, first of all, everyone succumbs and I hate to even talk about this, but people succumb at a different rate. Some people can handle oxygen better than others. You know, if you have health conditions or asthma. And I think the most touching part of this to me is how tiny the vehicle is. Yes. And to think about being trapped thousands of feet under the sea. I can't even imagine it. In such a small little capsule. And we're going to show, if you're ready, Joe, we're going to show a little video of what the inside looks like. And it, it's just shocking it's got to me. One button, and that's it. Yeah. So we run the sub with this game controller. Uh, it's a it, made by Logitech, but it's basically a Sony PlayStation style controller. If you want to go forward, you press forward. If you want to go back, you press back. If you want to turn to the left, it's like that. If you want to turn to the right, you turn to the right. Look how tiny that is. Could you imagine five people? sitting in there. No. I'm claustrophobic. No. I would not be able to handle it. Sinking down in the ocean. I you can't know, even. 12, 13,000 feet. Right. And, and not only that, but, you know, something they've not talked about is the temperature. You know, right. it, it's very cold at those depths. I don't know. I can't imagine there's any type of heating system. 
you know, I, I can't imagine they have food on board. No. Or no. water because they thought, well, this is just going to be a very short trip. It was supposed to be, how, how long was it supposed to be? Do you uh, know? I, no, I, I don't. wasn't hour, for sure you know, either. An hour Not a two. very long time. Yeah. Not a very long time. You know, it's basically they have one window in the back and you can go down and, and see out the window First of all, this is something I would never do in a million years. I wouldn't have either. I, I, these people paid $250,000 a piece to take this journey. I'm too claustrophobic. I could never do it. We have some photos of it. But you know what's what's wildest to me about this is the controversy surrounding it. Right. And, right. and we're going to see some memes. And it's shocking to me, quite honestly, that this is a tragedy. Five people have very likely died, will probably never be found. They're looking for a needle in a haystack out there in our oceans. But we have all of these memes on social media. And I was curious what everyone thinks about that. And, and I mean, yes, some of them are funny. Is it easier to joke about this situation because do we have less empathy for the tourists it, you know, in the Titan because they're ultra wealthy. I saw a lot of memes as well. And it, they were kind of surprising. I, I get being funny. I get being detached from the situation. So you can talk about things when you don't really think about the humans inside that little craft that are gasping for air and they can't breathe. And then, but I've seen the memes, but it's okay, they were billionaires. What difference does that make? Honestly, it's, it's humanity in there, whether they're poor or rich. That's just my opinion, but I was shocked at the many people that almost thought they deserved it, or the memes were funny that billionaires were getting. To be honest, if they were poor, I think people would have more empathy for them. Just my opinion by the memes I saw, but that's my guess. Yeah, it, it's a, it's me. It's the strangest situation. And we, of course, I'm of course. Look at Drew. It's rich people who are bored. That's what you when you know you are rich. What difference does it make? Well, and that's what I'm wondering. I'm I'm wondering if people have less empathy because they're thinking, okay, these are you know ultra wealthy people. They paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to go in this little capsule, you know, into the ocean to look at the Titanic, and maybe it's harder for people to have empathy for the ultra wealthy. You know, I don't understand it. I've, I can't recall a situation where we've had a tragedy like this and immediately, immediately we're seeing memes and jokes. And I mean, these are people who have families. Correct. These but, are, you know, the, the one, the one man, you know, he's on there with his son, you know, and then, then we turn it around to the other side and look at the controversy, look at correct. the conspiracy theories surrounding this and you know and the, to me some of the conspiracy theories actually make sense they, they do they make they sense actually to me too. make they sense. do because when you think about it when you think about it you have these ultra wealthy folks going yes. down five people in in this very small sub and then it just disappears right it just it how does disappears. that happen there's right. a mechanism allegedly inside the titan to where if something goes wrong it is buoyant Yes. And it should float back up to the surface. And and maybe it has. They've searched, I think, a 10,000-mile area around the Titanic and have yes. not yet found it. They found some items washed ashore. They feel like they're not related to the Titan. But I was reading this yesterday, so I'm going to read this to you guys, because this is one of the common theories that's going around. And when I heard it, I thought, is there something to this? Is there something to this? And this is what the, the statement read. It said, the British Pakistani businessman and I know you know how bad I am with names. Shazada Dawood, Dawood, is it Dawood? Dawood. 
48 and his son, Solomon, are among those aboard the missing submersible. According to a statement from the Engro Corporation, of which Mr. DeWood is vice chairman, Mr. DeWood is a, is a leader of one of Pakistan's wealthiest families. He's a member of the wealthiest families. He has a background in textiles and fertilizer manufacturing. So people are asking, is there a tie between 30 tons of missing ammonium nitrate and DeWood's company? Right. It he makes runs you a do fertilizer think. company. Yes. There's 30 tons of missing ammonium nitrate. Now, for, for those of you who don't know what ammonium nitrate is, I want you to look back to the Oklahoma bombing. In the Oklahoma bombing, they used ammonium nitrate, uh, which is used in fertilizer. We know fertilizer is highly explosive. A much smaller amount, too. Yes, yeah. a much smaller amount. 30 tons of ammonium nitrate. It, it, how, Joe, what do you think? Why, why would that be enough to blow up? That's a huge amount of explosive. I, personally, I think it's going to be several smaller explosions like the Oklahoma. Divided up. Yeah. Divided up, How, yes. Because, I mean, I mean, if they use that all in one bang, that's a big bang. It, it would be. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. It would be, definitely be better served picking it up. So people are wondering, is is it linked to his company? Somebody else said the company. It's listed as the, that is the, is Dawood's company. It's listed as the owner of the missing ammonium nitrate that it's owned by Dino Nobel, which is an explosive manufacturer. And allegedly, DeWood is affiliated with Dino Noble. So is it related? Is it not? Who knows? And it said it's, it's easier to shuffle 30 tons of missing ammonium nitrate than a fertilizer company based in Pakistan. Or who better? I don't know. But it really does make me wonder, is there something more right. to this? Were they potentially able to able to come up with a scheme yes. to say, okay, we're going to get in this submersible. And then rather than going down to the Titanic, we're actually going to go off to another location. And, and I'm not saying that's what happened, but that right. is what a lot of people believe. Yes, I can see why there would be a lot of conspiracy theories knowing who's in there and the amount of money that they paid to do this people are more focusing on the controller than what really happened here what what's going on what's what's the bigger picture here they went to the secret hideout in antarctica <laughs> they makes, they you, they makes you wonder makes you wonder it sure does I, and i hope in one way they do and they're just not down there gasping for air and then the other part is what in the hell is going on we never know and, and well, and there's other people who say, well, it's it's crazy timing that it happened at the yes. same time as Hunter Biden, right? You know, is, is exactly finally facing some types of charges. Yes, you know, it, but but it, could it just be that they suffered a horrible tragedy? Yeah, and and that, that very well could be what it is. Titanic. Yeah, uh, something went wrong. But when you when you talk to experts, they say that can't really happen. I'm sorry, right. something just doesn't add up. There was no. It doesn't safety. add up. There's, right. there's no safety balloon that inflates to help get them to the surface. Right. Right. If they yeah. lose power, there's there's no kind of. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. It, it doesn't make any sense to me either. And you know, I was watching a video last night, and they were talking about the Titan and what could potentially go wrong. And they said, well, the only thing really that could go wrong is it got tangled up on something. But if it got tangled up on something, then it would still be where it was tangled up. And, and the Titan goes straight down. You know, it, it's not like it, it goes down and it has to travel a couple miles right. to find the Titanic. Titanic. Correct. It's supposed to just go straight down. 
what could it possibly get tangled up in that deep out in the middle of the ocean where there's nothing? I know. You know, it, the only thing I could think of that, that they could be speaking of is the Titanic wreckage itself. If maybe they got too close or I mean, but you're right, Joe, what maybe a stray fishing net? I mean, what else would be down there? I don't think that Correct. they had time to get to the Titanic. I don't think they did either. Because they went, allegedly, it went missing almost immediately. Isn't that correct? Yeah. You know, almost within an hour, I believe. Yeah. And and you really have to wonder, that's a depth, depth of, I've heard different reports. Some people say 13,000 feet, 15,000 feet. I've even heard 25,000 feet. I don't know what the actual depth is. But, but you know, that's a very pressurized, the further down you go, the more pressure there is. But I can't believe that, that they would have been caught and tangled up in anything. And if they did... Wouldn't they still be there? You would think so. And they're saying that they should right now be running out of oxygen. So if that's the case, why isn't something being done about it? Well, there's like, like, like what? Well, like when they go down and they're and they're in in there, no one is really acting like it's a big deal. I don't know what you mean, I guess. Well, when they go down, Correct. And people are thinking, some people are thinking it's nefarious. Some people are like me if it's real. They're just, their heart is just in, in one place and they're just feeling sad about it. And no one's even talking about the possibility of it being a conspiracy theory, oh, right. but people like us. Well, it, well, exactly. And, and, you know, I think that it's one of those situations where a lot of people feel like they cannot talk about, we, we talk about it because I feel like we have to. Correct. And, and there's yes. a lot of people yes. out there who feel like, well, I need to be respectful of the tragedy. Right. And I'm not True. even going to entertain the idea that something else could have happened that some of these theories could possibly be true you know and somebody on the comment line I, jay said they lost communication at one hour and 45 minutes and we have to remember that they have about what 40 hours of oxygen correct at the the first point i heard about the story anyway they had 40 hours that that time ran out this morning Right. That time ran out yes. this morning. They are out of oxygen, presumably now. Now, oxygen, of course, can last longer. It can run out sooner. You know, if they panic, they're going to burn through oxygen fa faster. Yeah. You know, if, if they thought to conserve oxygen, maybe. But think about this. If they had 40 hours of oxygen, they also, that gave them time, if at all possible, for them to make it to another location, right? Right. And I, everything I have read so far says that if anything goes wrong, if it runs out of power, then it will float to the surface. And yet they've not seen, in all the scouring they've done, they have not seen the Titan floating on the surface. It had to have taken in water and just sunk. That's yeah, what I'm... You would think so. That's what I'm wondering. And, and would that even be possible? Would, maybe did it have a problem pressurizing? And maybe somehow water seeped in. And, and that's been another theory that it imploded and sunk to the bottom. And I think we know mm. if, if something at that depth, I don't believe there is any type of sonar that would pick that up. That small submerged, I mean, it's a very small unit. And so from what I've also read is people say, well, they're going to continue looking for it forever. For an I don't know that they will. I think they will. There's going to be somebody out there who's going to want to find this thing and get the story behind it, just like they did with the Titanic. Somebody's going to be down there looking for it now. It's going to be the new Titanic legend. And Aaron Bland says, I don't believe the oxygen is out until 10 a.m. Central. So they've got about 10 more minutes. I mean, that's, okay. A, okay. that's a really, to me, it's a horrifying thought, that isn't is it? That is horrifying. To think yes. that these people, five people, 
in this submersible and right now at this very minute are potentially struggling for their lives. It's If you even think it's about that, it is heartbreaking. And it think definitely about is. What their families are going through. Just like you guys said, I hope there's more to the story. I hope, I really do hope that, that they did have some type of plan and that they're not truly sitting at the bottom of the ocean. It's just awful to think about. It really is. And they're, the company's going to have to be responsible at some point. And I know that I wouldn't pay $250,000 to go in this little, to me, it looks like a death trap, but that's just my opinion. I would be afraid. I wouldn't pay even $10 to go in that thing because I would be very afraid. Now, here's a question. Did they know that what was manning it was like a five-year-old controller? I would, I would assume so, but the, but you have to remember that these five, a couple of them, have also been on flights into space. You know, they've taken advantage of a lot of high-risk, adventurous activities. Yes, you know, yes, and, and we also true. have to remember the Titan has taken hundreds, if not thousands, of trips. Okay, below I didn't the realize ocean. it was that many times. Many, many times. It's taken many trips with no issues whatsoever. Even though, obviously. A lot of people have mentioned that, you know, the safety concerns in the very beginning. Yes. And I know the what the, I guess you would call him the captain of the Titan did say, if anything goes wrong, you will not survive. You will not come back up. Yes. If anything goes wrong, you will not survive. So we have to keep that, in, you know, into right. account as well. And I know we don't have too much time, so I wanted to get into this as quick as we can. And we won't spend a lot of time on it. Affirmative action. Affirmative action has been going on for, what, 30 years now? Yes. And so affirmative action was brought in to make sure that the workplace is diversified, to make sure it was part of the civil rights movement, to make sure that uh, colleges and universities are diversified. And now, all of a sudden, we are hearing that the Supreme Court, they're going back to the drawing board, and they're actually going to rule on whether or not affirmative action is going to end for colleges and universities. And right now, of course, most colleges and universities are trying to diversify their student base. Right. So they, sure. when they look at applications, they're looking at your socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. They are looking at your family. They're looking at your academic skills. They're looking at your test scores. You know, they, a lot of times you have to write essays. But they're also looking at your race. Yes, very and true. because they want to diversify over the past many, many years, they are attempting to bring in minorities into colleges and universities. So now somebody has brought up the point, well, that maybe we've done this for too long. Maybe now we need to go back and we need to leave out race, leave out ethnicity. Yes, for sure. You know, allow admission based on test scores. You know, based on your, how hard you work to get in, you know, your essay. And sometimes you have to have people sponsor you. And so it kind of, when I saw Rob Schneider's video, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, Rob Schneider recently released a video. You know, he has that new show for anybody who knows yes, Rob Schneider. Yes. I always think of him as Adam Sandler's little buddy. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I apologize if it offends anybody, but I think it's absolutely hilarious. CEO and it reminded me. United Airlines last month. The CEO, he announced of all the hiring for all the new pilots that are coming up this year, all the hiring for the new pilots, the main focus is going to be diversity. What? <laughs> diversity? Not the best pilots you can find? <laughs> the ones with the most hours of experience? Things you've done before? 
the CEO. Right. I mean, right. Yes. Yes. Don't you want your pilots to be the best pilots? Absolutely. I don't care what color the pilot is. I I just want them to be the most qualified for the job. Period. Is it time for affirmative action to end? Yes. Joe, do you you have Joe, what do you think about it? It goes with EMTs. I'd rather have an experienced EMT than somebody who just got the job because he's a diversity hire. Correct, correct. Because you don't care. If you're gasping for air when you get in a car accident, you don't care who's saving you. You just want somebody to do it. You don't care what color they are. I want somebody who's taken a CPR class and knows. Yes, yes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Is it? it, We've come a long way, haven't we, in our country? We've come a long way since affirmative action was first put into place. Are we reaching a point now where affirmative action is no longer necessary? Correct. Don't you think companies should hire people based on their skill levels? Yes. Not the color of their skin? Correct. Don't you think that airline pilots, just like Rob Schneider stated, don't you think they should be hired based on their capabilities, their number of hours, not the color of their skin? College admissions, which is what the Supreme Court is going to discuss, shouldn't they take students based on their academic skills versus the color of their skin? I really, I personally believe that we have reached a state of equality in this country. And I'm not saying life is fair for every person, but life isn't fair for a lot of white folks either. Correct. You know, as Correct. a fact, there are more white people in poverty in this country than any other race. True. It is a tough battle for anyone in poverty, to, regardless of the color of your skin. Very I really true. do feel like we've reached a point in this country where we have equality. Am I wrong? I, I think we do. I mean, have we have equality. a black vice president. Yes. We had a, well, technically biracial president in a Barack Correct. Obama. Correct. We have reached a place of equality. What more are we supposed to do? I think it's definitely run its course. Yes, I, mean, I think it has we're, to. We're, we're at a point where I think it's pretty, yeah, pretty level. It, it is. And systemic, you know, systemic racism, another story. We'll get into that another day. Is there still sus- systemic racism? Maybe to some degree. Maybe to some. But maybe maybe now, don't you think the tables have turned? I think the tables have turned. And we've kind of talked about this before, but the tables have turned that white people, for a while I thought it was white male were the most persecuted. But then during Women's Month, I thought it was females in general. So yeah, I think it just needs to stop. I I think so, too. I think we need to start being graded, being hired on our merit, on our skills. Yes. Not the color of our skin. I think they need to take off race, ethnicity, off of all applications. Yes. Hire people based based on what you see on paper, not the color of their skin. I don't know that we'll ever get to that point in this country. Yes. But we've got to. And we need to, whatever we're doing, look at someone by the content of their character. I feel like that the the new uh, affirmative action is probably going to come with pronouns. Oh, I yes. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right, too. We'll we'll have to talk about this another day. But, you know, in the UK, in the UK, they're starting to ban the use of some pronouns. They're starting to ban. You know how right now here, especially especially here in the St. Charles County area of Missouri, we have uh, kitty cats at school. We do have kitty cats at school. We for sure have (laughs) Uh, kitty cats at school. In the UK, they're starting to ban the use of, of, you can no longer go to schools and say, well, I'm a cat. I need a litter box and I need to meow all day. My teacher needs to meow back at me. I don't know if we'll ever reach that point in this country. I feel like we're going in the opposite direction. I think so too. But, you know, they're starting to get to the point. And look at Elon Musk with Twitter. Did you know now it is a racial or a 
ethnic, some type of slur to be called cis. Because if you're a straight person, you're called cis, cisgender. That is now a slur. And on Twitter, if you call someone cis, it is a slur against heterosexual people and they will delete or ban your account. Oh, stop it. Like I can't say to my sister, <laughs> hey, sis. No, 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 no. But that's not what it means. CIS means cisgender. Ugh. And it is the it is the term. I'm so confused. It is the term for straight person. And it is now considered a slur against heterosexual people. So on Twitter, okay. if you now call someone cis, CIS, okay. which means, oh, you're straight. Oh, you're that's straight. That's considered a oh. slur. Got and it. you will now be potentially banned on Twitter. Insanity. Exactly. On Just that insanity. note, it is time to go. Time to go. Time to go. We will see you all tomorrow. Vic will be back in the studio. Uh, possibly Eric Johnson. I'm Tabitha Hassel. Pro if he Joe, doesn't have syphilis. Intern Chase and Lizzie Sparks. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.